You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? I'm Johnny Christ, and you're listening to Drinks with Johnny. Today, I share my Loaded Bloody Mary recipe with Ozzy Osbourne bassist Blasco. We get into it and talk about his time with other big acts like Danzig and Rob Zombie and how he came to be a manager in the biz, plus much more. And stay tuned till the end for a special announcement regarding the show. So kick back or continue doing whatever you're doing and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special edition of Drinks with Johnny. I am at a different bar. I'm here with uh, my very special guest, Mr. Blasco. How you What's doing, up? man? Thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it's it. Awesome. So uh, we talked before we uh, about to do this show. Yeah. You want to do a loaded Bloody Mary because it's uh, daytime. Right. I think that's that's smart. Well, so that would have been that would have been that would have dictated what we were doing. Yeah. Right. And we we're like, oh, we'll be over about like 11 a.m. And I go, that is morning. Yeah. yeah. So morning <laughs> means Bloody Marys. Yes, it right. absolutely does. Yeah. So I'm going to start off showing the kids at home how I make my Bloody Mary. And uh, first we're going to do the ice. Always make sure if you're going to pull ice like this, you've washed your hands, which I have. I have. <laughs> Usually you'd probably grab a spoon, but I am not prepared for that. So we get some ice going here. And then we're going to start off with my jalapeno infused vodka. So you set this in, it's super simple, just put in vodka in a craft, chop up some fresh jalapenos, let it sit for about 30, 36 hours, something like that, and then you got yourself some good old vodka. We're going to do like a two ounce pour, very messy two ounce pour, and then we're going to get some of the other awesome ingredients going. I'm going to use Zing Zing as my Bloody Mary mix base. Okay. I haven't heard of that. Zing zing. You zing, know, zang. it's it's cool. just a solid one. It's like a solid base, and then you can doctor it up any way you want after that. Fair enough. When you're making a uh, Bloody Mary, as you know, it's kind of like everything's to taste, man. It's it's all personal preference, really. There's no exact way to make a Bloody Mary. Um, then we're gonna go into here. We're gonna get some Worcestershire sauce. We're gonna just do a couple dashes, so just a little bit of that, and then we're gonna do a teaspoon of A1 sauce. Get that in there, and. And get a little bit of horseradish. Same, about like that. Just a good, Man, good glob, good glob. Not playing around. No, dude. You said loaded. <laughs> I, I, I went, I'm going loaded. <laughs> uh, this ain't even the crazy mm. part yet. Uh, then we do a little lime juice on that. Just a little touch, you know. Just kind of break up the acidity and you know all that good stuff. And a few dashes of Tabasco. Next, we are going to stir all that up. So here we go. We're gonna add bacon. You always need bacon in a good Bloody Mary. 
And then here's the, the big kahuna for you, my man. I've got my skewer with cheese, a mini corn dog, <laughs> chorizo, an olive, and a lime for you. That is insane. Yeah, that's the loaded Bloody Mary part right there. Now, what we're gonna do, since I missed this part, is I'm gonna take one of these limes, get it nice and ready. And what we're gonna do here is I've, I've created my own concoction of celery salt and Cheez-Its. And that's gonna be our rim on this drink. So you're just gonna roll it right around in there, get it nice and on there. Yeah, don't be shy with don't the Cheez-Its. Yeah, you gotta get in there. And you know what? Yeah. And that even gives you another added uh, mix of it, you know? So and that's here we go. next level, making your own rim. Yeah. Because I haven't heard of that. Sometimes <laughs> they'll get crazy and do like a pepper mix, yeah. which is cool, or like a cayenne. Well, you know, to be honest, you know. I, was, I was getting this one ready and I, uh, I tried it with a couple of different rims, and tahini and everything like that, and then just yeah. like regular celery salt. Celery salt was good. I was like, yep. I had some cheese that's sitting there. I was like, let's crush them up and put them in there, you know? <laughs> so here we go, man. Try it out, tell me what you think. All right, here we go. That's amazing. <laughs> thank you, That's my totally man. It's totally amazing. <laughs> ah, thank it's you. It's got all the right flavors and not an overpowering kick. Yeah. Right? I, you won't be able to drink it. Sometimes yeah. you get the ones that are a little too novelty. Yeah. Speaking on that, let me, let's get into it a little bit Which uh, while is, making this other one. You go for the super spicy ones whenever you don't have a lot of ingredients just yeah. to make it feel like something's happening. Yeah, right? absolutely. But this would be overkill if it was too spicy. No, no you, want, you want to get, you want to get all the flavors going on. I'm, not, so, I'm, I'm questioning how long I let the corn dog marinate. Uh, yeah, that's, no, that, that's, and that, again, that's up to you, man. You yeah. gotta, you gotta make that decision on your own. <laughs> so as I'm making this, man, I imagine you've had uh, quite a few Billy Marys in your lifetime. Mm. Can you tell me, like, so if you're anything like me, when I'm traveling on the road a lot, you know, every other day we're getting on a plane, going in an airport, doing that kind of shit. Yes. You want to have a Bloody Mary at the airport, you know? Yeah. And so I've, I've had quite a few, so I imagine you've probably done the same. Is there, is there a Bloody Mary that you've had in your life that sticks out to you? No. Okay. Hence, I'm on the quest for the <laughs> perfect one, which is most certainly this one. Because it's like, you know, when you're at the airport, you have... Yeah, you have to. Bloody Mary is a yeah. necessity, but your expectations are so low just because of you know, the lack you know of ability. Yeah. Um, every so often, maybe you're able to get in a bar, you know, at one that's maybe a little higher end that can throw a few things in there. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, but sometimes it's almost kind of like, too, it's like you're like, mm, that's so average, right? <laughs> so I'd be like, oh, just. Get me, just get me a Corona and I'm just going to make a Michelada out of it. Yeah. Just because totally. it's like, just because I need some excitement, you know. Totally. Um, but a buddy of mine is a bartender. Uh, he introduced me to the, the loaded Bloody Mary. Yeah. And I was like, you know, because I didn't even know what the options were, you know. Didn't even know that you could take it to another place. That That's you could, the greatest that thing you could about this. You can up. do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. And so he was working at a bar for a while and I would come in and visit him. And uh, he would hook me up with uh, his version of it, um, which was great. Um, but this is spectacular. Awesome. So I'm, I'm living up to an actual bartender's yes. recipe right here. Yes. This is good to know. This is good to know Absolutely. Here. All right. So uh, I think we were just about covered this part of the, part of the show. Let's, uh, 
again, thank you for having me at your house. Of course. This is, a, Thanks this is for an awesome change of pace, very special edition of Drinks with Johnny. But uh, <laughs> let's have our Bloody Marys move it on over to your couch, my man. Great. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Yes. All right, oh. man. Well, thank you again for inviting me into your lovely home. This of is course. A, this is quite the treat. And I uh, forgot to mention at the bar, but you just christened the bar. You know, this is uh, awesome. This is a new place for uh, for us. So this was the first drinks made in the in the bar. Now, now so. that's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. appreciate that? that. So let's talk. Let's get into it, my man. Um, last time I saw you, I think was in Italy. Mm. We had a festival. You were playing with Ozzy and Avenged. Yep. Uh, we're, we're we're both out there, and it was just outside of Florence, right? I think so. Was that, was that? Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember what festival it was. <laughs> I one know. of those. I know. Italy rocks there. hard festival. Yeah. It was, well, it was one of the ones that like, I, I was in my memory because I, I wanted to stick around and check you guys out. Right. Um, and we did and sitting there side stage and you just came up and said, said, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is, it was cool because I was like, you know, you're in your moment. You never know. Each uh, artist kind of has their own way of doing things on stage, right? Yeah. And, like some people are like, want to be very focused on what they're doing. Other people like you, like me, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I'm having fun with people on the stage or in the crowd and everything like right. that. Right. So. Yeah, and yeah, it's because, you know, as you know, right, there's moments in the show as the bass player, right, if there's a drum solo, guitar solo, fucking something going yeah. on, you can peace out for a minute. <laughs> and so, so, and all those festivals is great because there's always someone hanging out, like, on Absolutely. the side of the stage and, and, and always on, on my side. So I get lucky in that way. Um, and, uh, and like, it's like, you know, I'll look over and I go, oh, it's Johnny Depp. And then, so it's <laughs> yeah. that same moment in the set when I get to go over there and I go, hey man, what's up? So, and I go, I, met, I just met Johnny Depp. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah. The, the, that's the cool thing about those European festivals. Do you have like any other stories you remember about them? Like, cause you, you're, everyone's traveling through them. We're all doing the same ones on same days, different days, whatever. We're yeah. all, it's always in the summertime, that June European festival thing. A lot of people at home watching, like, you, you got to make it out to these things. They're, they're just super cool, especially in the rock world, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm still a fan, right? Yeah. Like, I'm still, I'm still a 16-year-old kid that doesn't believe that I get to hang out with all these fucking dudes. Oh, you know? totally. I'm the same And way so me. it's like, like, we'll be in a dressing room at a festival, and in walks Rob Halford, and I'm like, Fuck. Fucking Rob Halford. Fucking freaks, man. And he just comes by to say hi. Yeah, totally. <laughs> What's going on, dudes? And you're like, what the fuck? That's yeah. crazy, you know? And like anything, like it's like no matter what, like, you know, it's like Alice Cooper walks in or, you know, especially on the festivals, like I said, because, you know, you got all those, mm -hmm. all those people in one place. And like Ice-T walks in. Like, yeah. oh, man, Zach, you know, I want to hang out with Zach. And I'm just sitting there like, what the Fuck, yeah, dude. this is awesome. There's the law and order guy. <laughs> yeah, the law and order guy. Oh, that's perfect. All right, well, let's get into, you know, you're talking about your fandom. Let's, get, let's start, you know, around the age of 16 or even earlier. Um, I read somewhere that you actually started out as a drummer, right? That's what, that was the first thing you picked up? Not professionally. Not professionally. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that, was, that was the first instrument you picked up. Yeah, because who doesn't want to beat on shit, I like man. that, man. Yeah, you know? it's, it's definitely the, the, the enticing part yeah, of it. Yeah, you know? Bobby Brady, fucking, oh, fucking destroy <laughs> shit. Um, but, uh, but that didn't last long because of that very reason. Yeah. You know, of like, dude, where are you going to bash on shit? This was like the 80s, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? You didn't have, you didn't have quiet Drum, drum sets, kit. yeah. Drum you didn't have pad. the electric kit with no. the headphones. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and it was bit like big, 
You yeah. know, like you oh, got this yeah. six-piece kit in a bedroom with neighbors and shit. Like, and, yeah, they're not, not they're real. Not about it, yeah. yeah, not real. So I had to get something with the volume knob. And mm -hmm. my mom's like, bro, like, we're trading the shit in. You're getting something with the volume knob. Yeah. So then it was practically, I'm like, oh, hmm, there's plenty of guitar players I know, right? There's like, there's no bass players. I'm mm -hmm. like, if I pick bass, then I could be in a band because I know everybody else. Yeah. Like, I, there's plenty of guitar players and drummers and singer dudes. You put it all together. Yeah, and it's I was a, like, it's a strategic move. And, and it worked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, like, because every gig I got was very much because of that reason. Yeah. yeah that, no, there's no bass players. That's crazy. Yeah. No, that's smart. I, yeah. I, I think I kind of, I actually always just really liked the bass. But it, it, there was a part of that, though, yeah. absolutely, like when I was putting together, before I had an instrument, I was putting together a little shitty garage band with a couple of my buddies, and they're like, well, you should play bass. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, um, but yeah, which is interesting, right? Because it's like the first guy that I liked was Gene Simmons. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. that was like the reason like, dude, bass, yeah. Blowing fire and spitting blood. It wasn't even crazy. necessarily for the bass playing. No, I didn't. It was, even... it was just because it's fucking Gene. Right. <laughs> and and so, but 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 then it was just Kiss. But Gene was the dude that I liked the best. However, I wanted to be Peter Chris because everyone yeah. everyone wanted to be Gene. Yeah. At Christmas. Or I mean, at Halloween. Right. Yeah, like everyone, yeah, everyone's no no one wants to be Paul Stanley. Right? <laughs> so I was like, I'll go in the middle. I'll be the fucking cat guy, which in hindsight makes perfect sense. Yeah, but, um, because you are a big cat guy, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, that's funny. I, I saw, I was looking at your Instagram the other day, and I was like, there's a lot of cat pictures on yeah. here. <laughs> they may or may not join us. I don't know. <laughs> that's they, they might, it's like they might be like overwhelmed by the cameras and, <laughs> and crew and stuff. But um, uh, but yeah, so, so it was interesting then in hindsight, then I go like, oh yeah, now it all makes sense. Right, because who are my biggest dudes? Like Cliff Burton, mm -hmm. Lemmy, yeah, Gene. Yeah, all the ones you that. you want you wanted to emulate were yeah. bassists. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about like your career as a bassist. So that's apparently the first more professional stuff was like that thrash band from Santa Monica. Right. They had uh, Cryptic was it? Slaughter. Cryptic Slaughter. That's yeah. Right. So that was a that was a fun time. You know, it's one of those things like you don't realize how bitching your life is until it's. It ain't bitching anymore, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, you don't, like, don't realize what you have until it's gone, right? right. Like and, I think that was like a kick song too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and uh, and so you gotta think of think of think of people that would fucking murder someone for this opportunity. Yeah. Fifteen years old with my bros in high school that are fifteen years old. You know, you send in a demo tape. You know, I mean, you're in a band. You're fucking yeah. in a garage. We had a we had a uh, Scott. Mom let us rehearse in his garage because it was right next to the airport. No one's complaining. Mm -hmm. Fucking planes are landing. Awesome. You know? That's a good and, spot. Um, and so, and, uh, and then the band sends in their demo tape to Metal Blade Records. And then a week later, a contract comes. That's amazing. And we just fucking oh, 15 fuck. years old. Sign the motherfucker. Send it right back to him. <laughs> Woo, we're signed. Whatever. That's incredible. Lawyers, They're managers, right. fuck it. Just sign yeah, no, whatever. Yeah. It's a contract. It's what we were trying to do. <laughs> it's all, but, got all sorts of shit in it you didn't want. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but it's like we're, we're kids, right? Like we're in high school. And so like you don't, you don't really understand. You know, you're kind of just like, we, we just want to play music. Like we live at home. Like we have no yeah. responsibilities. Like we go to fucking high school. Totally. Like, you know. And uh, so. Have nothing to lose. Got, yeah. So <laughs> got a record deal, 15, put out a record. 
every year I was in high school. So, oh, so yeah, 16 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old, wow. you know, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. By the time I graduated high school, I'd already put out three records and toured and shit like on Metal Blade Records. That's so cool. Right? That's, that's, a, that's a different experience right there. Pretty, right? pretty that's hot yeah. opportunity. Um, and then, you know, and then at the point that we all graduated high school, we all kind of went separate ways because everybody has shit, you know, they shit they want to do, mm -hmm. right? We kind of got that all out of our system, except for me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, like everyone just wants to go about their lives now that we have to actually pay for shit yeah. and not live with our parents, right? Totally. Um, totally. Yeah. So, so everyone went their own way except for me that fucking moved to Hollywood to chase yeah, the rock and roll dream. Kept going for it. Fuck yeah, like fuck that. You had, was a, you just, had a piece of it and you're like, I right. want the whole thing. That was just the, <laughs> that was just the taste. Yeah. That was the precursor. That'll, that'll get you in. Yeah, and uh, so then I went, so then yeah, from, from that point, like moved to Hollywood and just chased the dream, man. Yeah, you <laughs> kept doing it. You, then, uh, so then next I believe was Drown, right? Was that, yeah. Did that come next? Yeah, yeah, so that was, How, that was the thing, so this was, so you gotta figure that Cryptic Slaughter was 1985 through mm -hmm. 1988. Okay. Drown was in the 90s in Hollywood when things, shit was happening yeah. in the early 90s in, in Hollywood. Um, it was like, you know, bands were getting signed, like there was all this shit that you don't hear about now, like development deals, and, oh, you know, course, yeah. demo deals, and production deals. There's still a lot of money to be made from those labels at the time, you know? I mean, that was shit, shit ton, man. Yeah. So they were just, it and was they're coming hot. off the, and everyone's still coming off the high of the 80s. I mean, right. literally. Yeah. So was like, <laughs> and it was still hot though, you know? Yeah. MTV was still around. Um, the transition from vinyl into CDs was still hot. People, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it was just fucking commerce, yeah. crazy. Uh, and um, so there was a lot of money floating around, man, and there was a lot of deals floating around. Everyone was getting record deals and stuff, and we were no different. You know, we, yeah, we, just... we were playing the clubs, doing the thing. It's like a tool gets a record deal and blows up, and then Rage Against the Machine gets a record deal and blows up, and, and that was kind of the circle that we were, were swimming in. Yeah. Um, you know, Jane's Addiction predated that time period a little bit, but that was the kind of yeah, shit yeah, that yeah. was going on. Um, and, and so we did that. We, so we got a deal. We got signed by uh, Michael Alago, who signed White Zombie and okay. Metallica yeah. and stuff. And, and then we got like, uh, we got uh, Pantera and White Zombie's management. You know, so we thought we were hot shit. Yeah. Man, fuck we're like, yeah. fuck, fuck we're everybody. Yeah, we're, we're good. good. We're good. Right. This is it. This is, this, this this is, is just, the pinnacle. Yeah, right. This is, just, this is fucking limos and cocaine and hookers from here on mm -hmm. out, you know? Um, and that's not how it went down. No, it never does. <laughs> and, uh, Even if it does, it's only for a short time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but that was a really good learning experience. It was fun. You know, I'm still friends with like Michael and the, and the people that were, you know, worked, worked us and, and everything. And, um, and, and, uh, and you obviously and learned a lot from that experience. Learned too. a lot. Yeah. yeah. That I can kind of take with me now. And then yeah. you just kind of really saw that major label system at mm -hmm. that point to where they were just, they would pick up something, this looks hot, let's throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah. Ah, it doesn't fuck off. Yeah. And, um, and they could easily do that because there was- Easily do yeah. that, man. And stuff, yeah, I mean, dude, we spent like half a million dollars making a record.
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. You know, in yeah. the mid-90s, early 90s, like 93, 94. That's a lot of money. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, and, but you know, you're in a studio. At that time, you're in a studio. The studio's 2,500 bucks a day. Yeah. You know, you're in there for a fucking month. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Producers are getting paid fifty grand. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're not, yeah, not not doing on points or anything. They're like, no, 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 you guys got enough money, just give it to me up front. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and stuff. And then so you do that, you put the record out, you do a tour, you come back, it didn't stick. Fuck off, you're dropped. Yeah, you know that's it. Party's yes, over. Yeah, and that so that was the second band. So it was Cryptic Slaughter and Drown. That was the second band that I was in that was Signed. a band. Yeah. Like, like a band that I was in that I yeah. had something to do with. Yeah, I gotcha. At that point, I was like, mm, this seems like a, sh- like a struggle, like a drag. Like I, yeah. would, I would rather just be told where to show up. Here's the set list. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just like, that was I the gotcha. moment where I go, I'm just going to go into hired gun guy land. Okay. And I kind of made that very made conscious that decision. decision. Yeah, okay. Um, and pretty much have stuck to that plan. Yeah, obviously. You know, I mean, we get through some of those other ones. I mean, before we get into that, though, I, I know there was a sh- uh, brief time in uh, Suffer where you put down the bass, actually, and played guitar and vocals. Yeah, that seemed like a fun idea. I don't know. Yeah. Terrible in hindsight. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, that was a time period whenever... You're just trying to find yourself, yeah. you know, like, and, and you've got free time, you've got creativity, you're, you're bursting yeah. at the seams, you just fucking want to try to find that thing, and that wasn't it. Yeah, it wasn't it for you. Yeah. So, so that was pretty brief, and then, as you said, you started getting into the hired gun kind of thing. Was, was, that, was that, like, right when you were getting into Danzig for a little bit there, or? No, Prong was Pro- first. Prong was first, okay. Yeah, so, so I got, and now Prong, the way that all went, goes down is that, Prong was the same management as we had. Okay. It was, it was, the management was White Zombie and Prong and the Obsessed and, and um, Pantera and stuff. That was, yeah. and, and Drown was in that. Obviously awesome. Uh, but so, so whenever they were looking for a dude, like I got a call because I was in this sort of a, an immediate circumference of people you call right mm-hmm. away. Like, oh, you weren't a total jerk off like yeah. whenever we managed you for five minutes. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, how about do we needed someone to fill in for Paul on this tour? Yeah, fuck yeah, whatever, great. Yeah, send me the set list. Sounds good. Yeah, game on. Good. Yeah. Where are we going? Europe? Fuck, playing fun. festivels? Great, I've never done yeah. that before. Oh, that fuck was yeah. that was your first time doing that kind of stuff too. Yeah, oh, awesome. went to Japan. Oh, cool, never done that before. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah, God, let's go. It. Those are fun, man. The best. Yeah, super rad. So then, uh, then did after prom came Danzig? Yeah. So obviously everyone. I mean, I gotta imagine everyone who's been in contact with Danzig has at least one good story. Do you have one for me, or uh, my Danzig period was very short. Like it ended okay. up only being like one gig, even though I was in the band for a while and stuff. But it was sort of this weird chasm of empty time when he was maybe getting into other things, like trying to make movies, and he was doing comics and and uh, and whatever. 
And, um, but the interesting part of the Danzig band that mm -hmm. I was in, it was me who went on to do what I did. It was Joey C was the drummer. He went on to be the drummer in Queens of the Stone Age yeah. for a long time. And then the guitar player was Dave Kushner who went on to be the guitar player in Velvet Revolver. Mm. So that was, you know, so we had a pretty fucking good little, band. Little, yeah, nice set of little, little yeah. all-stars there, you know? And, cool. uh, and then we all, you know, went off to do our own thing and stuff. So it was fun just to have a short tour of duty yeah, in the Danzig yeah, yeah. camp, you know, yeah, and stuff. And so. then, it, of course, it, then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, then, then you get into the Rob Zombie role. Yes. Okay, cool. So, and now, so the interesting part of all that is whenever we were managed by the same company, uh, Drown opened a few shows for White Zombie. Okay. So that's when I met Rob, so that was the connection. That's, that was the connection. Okay, I'm, cool. oh, I'm putting together the solo band. Are you doing anything? Nope. What do you need? Yeah. Uh, you know, could you play in my band? Sure. Fuck yeah, why not? Yeah. Fuck, that sounds right. awesome. Yeah, Great. so you're Let's do yeah, that. Just doing that for a while. And then that was... Eight years. Yeah, that's cool. That you, guys, you guys had a, had a great you had a great run over there with, with that yeah. too. You know, awesome. And it was obviously. cool. I mean, I think the expectations for that, not his, not his expectations, but I think the expectations from the sort of the the, the people around him in the camp was kind of like, we're just gonna let him do this solo thing, and then he's gonna go back to White Zombie. So don't get too comfortable here. Yeah, and that they were couldn't you know, be more wrong. <laughs> right, and then Rob's like, fuck that. Like this thing is gonna be awesome. Yeah, you know, and it was. And then he be, and then he. That's when it really became Rob Zombie for for most people. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that must have been really cool. You got any like, what what are some fond memories you can say of the, the eight year stretch? I mean, what was, were you? You said you're more uh, moved into the higher gun thing. Did you have any influence in in your actual playing or, or songwriting on that or? Or was that? It was just no. here's here's the here's the homework. Get yeah, out there I didn't it. really care about yeah. that. Like I don't because I don't. Like I don't feel like I'm getting sawed off at the waist because my creativity is getting cut off because I can't write songs. Like no, I'm no. pretty admittedly a shitty songwriter anyway. <laughs> so it's kind of like let the professionals handle yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like let just let me just support. Yeah, that's cool that you have thing. that perspective. You know, a yeah. lot of people wouldn't be able to 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 share that that idea. You know, and just right. relinquish all those responsibilities right. in our world. So yeah, that's, no, like that's I respectable, just, man. I just want to like play and yeah. like be cool and have fun and that's it. So being around Rob though, you met, you guys probably discussed, I'm sure he discussed in passing, this is right when he's really starting to produce movies too, right? So like- He was right in the middle of that. Like, yeah. so we had a couple year run and then we took a little time off for him to make his first movie. Yeah. Um, which, you know, great. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a passion that he's had for a long time and he needed to chase that down and clearly it, you know, it wasn't Work, a waste. Yeah, it didn't, didn't, didn't suck. No, no. Like, I went to, uh, I just went to a premiere of his a few weeks ago, and that was like, I don't know, his fucking seventh or eighth movie at this point, you know? Yeah, jeez. So, We're just killing it, man. That's super cool. Yeah. And then, of course, we go on to Ozzy. Yeah. So that's kind of a similar trajectory of, like, just being in front of the right people at the right time. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, Zombie, when I was in Zombie, we had done four tours with the Ozzy camp, whether it was Ozzy or Sabbath. Sabbath yeah. Um, even in, when I was in Prong, we did an Ozzy tour. So, yeah, so I had been in front of that camp like five, six times. So it's, it's one of those things, like as you know, it's like, man, we're looking for a dude. Like, who do we look at? We look at the people that are the closest in, in our yeah. proximity. Yeah, that have that have a good reputation. Yeah. You know? And weren't dicks. 
Right. <laughs> that, you know. Dude, that's another lesson for you. If you're, if you're out there, just don't be a dick because you that's don't know who you're going to end up working with later. That's the biggest. And um, so, yeah, so I got a call and they were like, hey, you know, we'd love you to help us on this tour and, you know, we'll see what happens. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. That's, of course, yeah, all day long. So I wanted to ask you though, like how that was when you when you're coming in there. Is you're coming in right after Robert Trujillo, right? Or was that well? So there was Trujillo. After Trujillo, they they did this weird thing where they flopped, right? Yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing that in Bass Player magazine where it was Newstead came over right. to play for, play for Ozzy, for right? A bit. And Newstead did a short run with them, and um, I, I don't know how that all. I don't know if it. Was, I don't know if the commitment was just a small commitment anyway, yeah, or what. But um, but then I got a call after that, and they were like, "Yeah, like we're, we got this tour, and we're looking for a dude." And I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, dude, count yeah. me in." So there was a moment whenever I was doing both, like I was I was doing zombie or finishing a zombie record, and Ozzy was calling to do like these little one-offs, like these little like fly gigs, like, mm -hmm. "Oh, we need you for the weekend." Oh, okay. Yeah. And Rob's like, uh, "What's up?" And I go, "I don't, dude, just <laughs> just going with the flow, man." Yeah, yeah. You know. Totally. And um, and then it, and then it got to a point to where I kind of had to make a decision because Ozzy was getting busy and so was Rob and I couldn't yeah. do both and neither did neither want me to do both, um, and I was like, okay, cool. So I called my buddy and I was like, yo, like you gotta you gotta help me out. I go, I ha I'm joining Ozzy's band, but I don't want to leave Rob hanging. Yeah, will you? Come here, let me show you all the songs. Like, you know, I'll walk you through the paces. And, uh, and he's like, yeah. So he flew out. I got him all, I got him up to speed. Yeah, and I told Rob, and I go, you won't even know I'm gone. <laughs> 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 I'm literally just going to go over here and I'm going to put some in my place. And then, like, you won't even know I'm gone. And it was great because people yeah. were like, because, and then one of the first tours was a Ozzy Rob Zombie tour. And people were like hitting me up going, dude. You're doing double duty, man. That's crazy. And I go, no, <laughs> and for I'm some, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point of it is, is that you know, you didn't, you didn't know I was gone. Yeah. So uh, you, you set it up right. Yeah. That was, that was, that was yeah. real cool. And then, too. and then Matt's been there for a, a long time now, and mm -hmm. and he's his own dude with his own visibility. Yeah, now, he's got and he's his own killing thing, it. Yeah. And, and, and we've done stuff. a lot of we've done a lot of shows with Rob Zombie oh, over yeah. the years too. So we've seen all that stuff. It's fucking always a great show, man. Yeah, always a great show. But that that circles us back to the beginning of our conversation we were in Italy. That's a great show too you got, you got yeah. going right now. Um, you got Zach Wilde on the other side of the stage, yep. you know. Um, obviously Ozzy in the center. What's that, what was that like coming into their world? Because they had already been together for so long at that point, right? Yeah. So like, what was, what was your first impressions of their dynamic? I know you'd probably seen it from the outside, as you mentioned, with the, the camps kind of meshing over and mm -hmm. everything like that. But like when you were when you were officially coming over to be the to be the bass player for Ozzy, what was that what was that first impression like? Yeah, I mean it was like jumping out of a moving car. Yeah. You know, like trying to get trying to like chase a train <laughs> in, in yeah. motion. It's just, it's, just a, it's flying with or without you. You better right. catch on. <laughs> you know, and um, but it, it was it was awesome, obviously, but. It was um, it was a thing where you just go, I can't even believe this is happening right now. Yeah. Right. Like you just it's look over and you go, what the fuck? It's metal it, royalty. Like my, at the top of metal royalty. You am know I playing like, these songs with these dudes? Like, yeah. you know, like when you think about it, you're like, heavy metal exists because of that dude. Yeah. Right. So I'm here because of that dude that played 
and wrote those songs <laughs> that I get to play. And yeah. that's nuts. It's one thing playing in a band with the dude that you respect and you like his yeah. music or whatever, but like we're all here because right of, now. Because of what was of done that in the, in dude. The, Yeah, what was done <laughs> yeah. in the late 60s, that's early a, 70s. And that's like, a tremendous responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought up the responsibility too because I wanted to ask you, I, in said magazine where they, I remember seeing that Newstead and Trujillo were flopping, um, I also read somewhere that like Newstead was saying something about like, oh man, Ozzy's really a stickler out there. Like if, if, if you hit a wrong note like one night, he'll let you know about it kind of thing. And like, and he's like really on top of it, which was different because I could imagine he was, he'd come from Metallica where he wasn't just a hired gun. You know, they were, they were in a band right. together. So he's, he's doing the hired gun gig for the first time. Right. And he's like learning that. So is that, is that pretty, pretty spot on for your experience with yeah, Ozzy? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's something like that, you gotta go in. Mm -hmm. Guns are blazing, right? Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta be firing on all you, cylinders. Yeah, yeah. You can't be horsing around. Yeah. Like you can't be phoning that shit in. Totally. You know? Because it's like, it's like. Th I mean, think of the responsibility. Like Ozzy's in the middle. You know, Zach's on the one side, and you're on this side. You gotta yeah. balance the scales. Absolutely. You know, you got, you got it, because it's all about the dude in the middle. You know, and making sure that dude looks like no one gives a fuck about me, but they give a fuck <laughs> I don't about know, him. Man. I, I, I gotta say, when I watch you get watch you play with Ozzy a couple of times now, it's like you're holding you're holding it down, man. You get you get your energy's out there. You got the good look sure. and everything. It's fucking. I I think you're doing a fucking. Well, thanks. But I'm saying that. But that's the job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, 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 if if the job was backing Bruce Springsteen, it's a different gig. Yeah, totally. You know. <laughs> but I'm seeing Street Band. Yeah, yeah. Playing the role of making sure that he looks awesome, mm -hmm. right? And how does he look awesome? Because his band looks fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, and he sounds great, and the set list is great, and all that shit. Production is fucking crushing. So cool. You know? So it's all the pieces that make it so that he's the best. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, and that's, that's a that's, tremendous that's responsibility. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's gotta be crazy. So another thing I want to ask you about, you're an awesome bassist. Thank you. And we both have the same company making our bases, right? Yeah. Schechter. Yeah, well, um, Schechter used to. Like, when I was in Zombie, I had a, I used Schechter. Okay, you're no longer. Yeah. No, no, oh, okay. no. Um, I gotcha. But uh, still friendly with those dudes. Yeah, yeah, and, they're still like, the and, um, and, uh, but I, but then I was like, you know, they were down to do something, and I was like, I like that body, but I like that neck. Mm -hmm. Can we Frankenstein them together and make something that you don't currently have yeah. on the roster and um and they did yeah i mean yeah. they were accommodating that's cool well, we're, so that brings me like i had a very similar experience when i went in there it was i i kind of did the same thing I, yeah. I was but and i was like but then it's not from either one of your companies so you got to go figure out how to do it from over here so i wanted to meld the stingray with a rickenbacker yeah and i was like and that's what i wanted to look and sound like that like right. so so i could run the gamut of everything and um they were really accommodating, great dudes and, and, and all in that. Um, what, what, specifically, what do you look for when you're uh, chasing a tone or, 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 or a feel on the, on the bass? It's impossible to describe, right? Because it's one of those things so, like yeah. you go, you just know when you got it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just something it's just, happens in the studio yeah. or like out there, like you right. get that right sound and you're like, yep, that's the one yeah. right there. Now, me, I, I think my secret is the less shit, the better. Yeah. You know, because I feel like the more stuff you start to muddy it up with, the it more, like, it, it just, 
And you got to figure too with Aussie music or even zombie music or whatever, it's the bass is consistent. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot of fluffing no, around no, no, different no. fucking tones and shit. Like it ain't that ain't the gig. Totally. Keeping it simple, which is advantageous for me because that's the way I think about it too. But like, and that's where you get it the sounding hand. the biggest too. Once you start putting that shit on, it not only muddies it up, but it starts squelching down your yeah. your frequencies that you can even you yeah. can even get on. So, yeah. and that's why strategically, guys like uh, Zombie and and Ozzy have that just thumping thing, and then they go. Yeah. Go figure, they're playing in front of hundreds of thousands of people and then yeah. just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's cool. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about maybe some of your other hobbies or passions. Um, I know that one of them you have that I just recently started listening to is uh, uh, your podcast, Managemental. Mm -hmm. And that's a really cool one. Um, I, as I was reading the description and then listening, I was like, man, this is like the question that I'm sure he's been asked many times over his career that the interviewers uh, always ask me, and I'm sure it's the same with you, like, yeah. what, do you, what do you have to say about any of those aspiring artists out there, and, and oh, what advice right. do you have to give them? And I was like, he's literally answering that in a podcast. <laughs> right. And like giving it back to the artist. So yeah, we got the podcast out now, and um, you just did, uh, you know, 120th episode, I believe, something around there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so tell me a little bit about this. Like, what, what was the idea behind it? Did it have anything to do with that said question that I've been asked a million times? Or Well, there is always that, right? There is always, what advice do you give? Or the musician going, asking, what, how, do I, how do I level up, man? Like, mm -hmm. what do I do? Like, what's, what's my next play? Yeah. And that, and finding an answer to that. I think if there's, if there's an agenda to the podcast, it's trying to uncover what, the answer is to that question. Like, okay. how do I level up? Because there isn't one answer. No, right? And, and, I, you gotta, and you gotta find different things are gonna work for you. At present, there's 125 answers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, so uh, but the idea spawned from Mike Mallory, who I do the podcast with, and I, we had a mastermind call once a week with a few other managers. Okay. And for anyone who doesn't know, a mastermind is like, Bunch of dudes getting on a phone call and just talking shop and trying to help one another in terms of, you know, because there's so much, there's so much action going on in the world right now. Yeah. Like, you can't, so it's impossible tools. to yeah. keep up. There's so many tools yeah. that can be used in different ways and everything like that. It's just super cool. It's impossible to keep up. So you get a bunch of dudes together, you, you do a weekly call, and you just kind of catch each other up on what it is that you're all doing mm -hmm. and any angles or, you know, what, what, man, I just pulled this off or whatever. And then you can kind of help each other out and grow. And we did that for a while. And then it eventually whittled down to just the two of us. Gotcha. And in the midst of all this, he acquires or he founds a uh, podcast network mm -hmm. called Jabberjaw Network. Yeah, yes. and, um, and so we're doing this mastermind call and, and both of us just kind of like light bulb goes off and we're like, why don't we just record this shit and put it on your network? Yeah. It's like, yeah, that seems logical. Totally. At least then it's like, serves a purpose. Totally, and, that, and you know, everyone listening is appreciative, you know? Yeah. It's super cool. So, so you guys got a lot of good feedback on this, right? Yeah, so, so <clears throat> what we did is, we're like, okay, that sounds great. Now, how's it gonna be? Because you know, we listen to podcasts, we know how they are, and, and um, well, how's ours gonna be different? So we did a couple of demos. Like we had, a, you know, we sketched out some ideas and we did, we ended up doing like maybe like a dozen demo really? episodes. And we go like, mm, it meanders. It's 
It's boring. It fucking drags. I'm throwing this person under the bus. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? This shit trying, yeah, stood out. It like, it's just like, oh, this is not good. So we took a step back and we're like, it's got to be formatted. Meaning that it has to, each episode has to focus on one topic. Yeah, gotcha. We'll pull it, we'll pull a source from the internet, we'll break it down, we'll discuss it. That'll be the one topic. 30 minutes, max. Nah, so yeah. that way, it's like, an hour is good, but not everyone has an hour commute. Totally, yeah. So we figure, you know what? 30 minutes seems like someone could squeeze that in, and then if they want, they could squeeze in another one or whatever. Totally. But 30 minutes seems like a digestible amount to where we remain focused and the listener can remain focused yeah. for 30 minutes. So that's the, that was the idea. So we did, all right, here's the plan. Formatted, 30 minutes, bam, let's go. And when we started doing that, then it all made sense. Gotcha. So that's, that's, that's what we're, we're 120 plus episodes deep yeah, on. Which is know? quite an accomplishment, man. It's yeah. really cool. It's really cool. So, so you mentioned, though, that you, uh, you do listen to other podcasts. Is there any other ones that like, you're particularly stoked out? You still currently listen to other podcasts? Or was that yeah, no, like, like, at that point... Um, I think there was John Lee Dumas is doing his and he was a huge influence. His were like 15 minutes or something, oh, but wow. the, the conceptually like the idea yeah. of, of what it was, there was a lot of short form podcasts that kind of helped us that inspired us to do that. Um, and then, um, currently I listen to, there's the DIY musician podcast, um, that is a, a couple of guys and it's sponsored by, um, CD Baby. Oh, cool. And that's a, that's a cool music business one. Um, but aside from music, um, Mike Tyson has a podcast that's uh, fucking awesome. Yeah, listen dude. to that. I gotta listen. I, I, yeah. I keep hearing about that one. Yeah. That's, it's, it's this, but with weed. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. Tyson, I'll be on your show, man. Yeah. And, uh, and then my favorite one that uh, I've been listening to is Group Chat, that Which is three guys. Um, I'm blanking on their names, but um, they're all like clothing apparel owners, like Young and Reckless and Menlo Club okay. and 5-4. Um, uh, um, so they, they own these brands, but it's cool. Like it's, it, they do it three days a week and it's one hour and, uh, and it's really cool. It's inspiring and, and it's like hot topics and current events and news oh, and right. pop culture and stuff. So in the course of an hour, they, they kind of, it's stuff. my news. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's three days a week, like, oh, so they, they, they keep me current. <laughs> that's cool, that's yeah. cool. And they're younger than me, so it's like, you know, so they're hip to yeah. shit. You know, so. <laughs> it's always good yeah. to like try and keep a little younger, you know, especially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the one that I get that I'm listening to the most right now. Okay. That one. But I, I'm a huge podcast fan. If yeah. I had more time in the day, I would listen to you more. You know, that, but. that's funny. I, I started getting into podcasts before I created this show and everything. Because there was this, I, I grew up a big like wrestling fan. Yeah. Pro wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. So there's this uh, 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff. And it covers like the WWF versus WCW Monday Night Wars and stuff. Nice. And I just fell in love with listening to that. Yeah. And I got a two-year-old son, so he's still napping like once a day, like in the middle of the day. So yeah. I'm like, I walk him outside and just fucking pop on the headphones and just zone out and listen to <laughs> some shit. So like that, that's why I, wanted, I was just curious if you had any like really cool podcasts. Yeah, yeah, me. huge, huge fan. Like I said, I would be way more into more if I had the time. Yeah, that's it's, that's, that's it's really just tough. But what's good, what I liked about it though is even the longer podcasts. If it's some of them get a little too long, I agree. But like some of them, you, it, your phone will just 
pick up where you left off when you like yeah. you go back up. No, which like, is great. It's like reading it. It's, a, it's an audio book to me. So yeah. a lot of these ones that they put them together yes. in a longer form, they get like an audio book kind of yeah. feel. Disgraceland is a fantastic one. I love that guy. He's a musician. Mm. Um, uh, Cast Iron Hike, I think was the, I don't remember what band he was in, but he does a great one and it's all rock, true crime. So, so true crime within the rock and roll. That's pretty bad. It's, it's I awesome. I check that out. Yeah. Yes, I started, I listened to a couple of like the true crime ones. I don't know, like yeah. S-Town and I listened to some like cult ones where they go in and dive into the yeah. mind of these, you know, Mansons yeah. and all those, all these guys. You know? Yeah. That's super So that, super that's a, that's a, that's a heavy recommendation. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. I'm, I'm going to check that Disgrace one out for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. All right, man. Well, um, Halloween just passed, man. How was it for you? You know, like, uh, what's, what's Halloween like around the Blasco house? It's, well, as you can tell, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's an important holiday. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you guys yeah, dress up? You guys, you guys go to parties and dress up? Like, it depends, right? Like, if there's an event, like, this, this year, Halloween's, like, on a weekday or something. Sometimes so it's kind of a bum out. Yeah. So, like, the weekend is, like, after. Yeah. Like, so we, it's, like, whenever it's in a weekday, you go, like, do I celebrate the weekend before or the weekend after? I, I guess do. both weekends, but who's up for it? <laughs> and, like, you know. I've so. learned over the years. I do an annual um, Halloween party at my house. Yeah. I've been doing it for 12 years now. And I always do it the weekend before when it ends, it ends on a weekday. Because okay. I found if you do Halloween after, everyone's no. done with Halloween. It's done. They're, they're, everyone's yeah. like, I'm, you know, I just did all of my Halloween shit. Yeah. I'm not gonna party Thanksgiving again. stuff is already up. Yeah, it's already, yeah, yeah. Everyone's getting ready for the turkey yeah. day, which brings me to that. Yeah. What's Thanksgiving like? Do you guys celebrate Thanksgiving? Like, what's that like for? Well, Thanksgiving is usually right around my birthday. Sometimes on Thanksgiving. Oh, right on. So it kind of floats around. I'm a November that, ba- that uh, baby as well. Oh, November eighteenth. Years. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it kind of fl- dances around Thanksgiving. So, um, uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's you cool. You put a, put like a birthday candles in the turkey. Some day, yeah, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> that's necessary. But usually, it's just hanging out with friends and doing that, yeah. and family, and that's you know cool. whatnot. You know, it's, I, like I think our Thanksgiving, aside from a potential birthday celebration, is relatively standard issue. Yeah, I gotcha. You know? That's cool. That's cool. And then lastly, um, take it or leave it, but I've, I listened to, I think it was your very first podcast that, that's out there for Managemental. There was a part where you guys were, you were releasing right before the end of the year. So you guys did, uh, I think at the time it was like 2017 predictions. Oh, predictions for the following year. For the year. following year. Okay. So okay. I wanted to ask you, do you have any predictions for, you know, what, uh, what, might be, what we might see coming up in 2020? Um, well, yeah, I mean, in in direct relationship to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Video content is gonna get more and more popular because it's more and more important and it's easier to do. You know, you mentioned that on one of the other episodes, I thought it was brilliant too. You were talking about how bands can uh, utilize uh, YouTube and other videos of Patreon, these kind of things are all, they're all out now. And it's, and it's just helping, helping the brand. And as you said, like, 
you, 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 I think one of the predictions actually might have been this, like the fans are gonna start like looking at that and find ways to get more content to their fans that maybe isn't even music, you know? And well, this I love that because I was listening to it, I was like, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. Right. Well, for all the kids listening now, this, I mean, I've said this shit like on the podcast 10 times at least of like, YouTube isn't just to put up your music video. Yeah. Johnny is in Avenged Sevenfold, right? He's, you're in a fucking big band. You don't, you, this, this show lives on the Avenged Sevenfold YouTube channel. Exactly. Because yeah. it's external lateral content for the fans and you've created your own brand within the brand because Avenged Sevenfold can't release music videos once yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah, it's just not do financially doable, no. right? You know, it just, and there's not enough time. There's not enough songs. Not, nope. No. And, um, but this is the exactly the kind of thing that needs to be happening. Band members creating a brand within the brand that is external content for the fans. Cause it's just like, if I'm an Avenged Sevenfold fan and you're not giving me anything, then I'm listening or following something else. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'd, going ra somewhere else, yeah. I'd rather have them listening to us, watching us doing something within, it is yeah. what we do. And it's just, and yeah, and that kind of stuff is fun too. I, I think for the fans too, you get to see more of us and hopefully, you know, you're enjoying it and you're seeing and listening and you know, like, like some of these interesting conversations I'm, I'm having with people like you and, yeah. and everything like that. So yeah, that's and it's idea. fun. We're just hanging out, yeah. and it's and it's a cool angle, and you've got a logo on the pint glass, and it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're putting in. There is an effort, but it all it all helps, and yeah. it's all for the fans. So I think one prediction: video content, stuff like this, people are going to start to get sharper about, mm -hmm. mainly because they have to, but because it's it can be done. Yeah, it's easier to get done. Um, I think, uh, what else, podcasts will continue to dominate and then will become like sort of a primary source of where you're getting news and entertainment and pop culture. Like I think that's, people are gonna be turning on the TV a lot less and listening to podcasts a lot more. And because once again, those become so much easier to do and so, so much easier to upload, it's like, Man, you could turn this thing into a five-day week show. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Absolutely. You could be the fucking you Oprah of yeah. fucking Event Sevenfold. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a title. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but I but I feel like the, those are those are predictions that that's gonna become more important. And I also feel like, and you know, I said it here on Drinks with Johnny, but the album is dead. Yeah. The album format is a goner. Oh yeah, you know, and I feel like these bands. It's gonna be cool to see what everyone yeah uh, do, does with that though, you know, because we. I mean, it's it's pretty evident. Uh, you know, if you're saying next year, that's you're you're giving. That's. I'm not saying that the album is dead next year, but what I'm saying is people are going to start to present their content and music in different ways, yes, other than absolutely. bundled into an album. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's really cool. I'm excited to see what. Uh, I mean, I know that. We personally are, are starting to think about that, or have been thinking about yeah. that rather. And you know, there's a lot of cool ideas out there. There's a lot of these really cool tools out there that you can utilize and, yeah. and have really, really great experiences with your fans listening to music. You know, it, so. it, totally because it's like, it, you know, the they're just the consumer just doesn't listen to music that way anymore. Mm -hmm. Like the the album as a piece of art with. with tool as an exception mm -hmm. or whatever but by and large the music consumer music fan 
just doesn't listen to music that way anymore. They don't put a no, CD in no. and, and absorb it all. They don't put on a record and fucking uh, and turn it over through. and like you know? yeah. they just they just don't like they're making playlists. They're they they tagging in on a song. They don't have the attention span. Okay. Not and it's not the music's fault, right? Because it's like if you look at what I can do on this. I can oh. listen to a podcast, I can play a video game, I can listen to music, I can do all this shit. It's like, what do I want to do it's right now? It's an entire entertainment center built into one right. fucking thing that's in my pocket all the right. time. That's, that's fighting for the attention yeah. of, the of the fan, right? Absolutely. And the fact I'm a fan, like, okay, well, maybe I want to listen to a record, but maybe I want to play a video game. Yeah. Maybe I want to chat with my friends. Maybe totally. I, I want to fucking make a movie, fucking whatever. Yeah. Like, I can do it all on here. So, so it's, it's the struggle of the device, right? And, and, and just the content delivery system is that we're not, we're not fighting against, you know, we're, we're not fighting against the other music. We're fighting against all the content that's out yeah. there. And that's a lot to try and get someone's attention. Like, yo, yo, I'm over here. Pay attention to me. Like, you'd be stoked just if you could get them three and a half minutes totally. to listen to a song, let alone commit to a fucking record. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. You know? That's, that's, I mean, you're absolutely, you're nailing it. That's, that's 100% the truth. Yeah. That's why, you know, but in that reality, there's a lot of opportunity, I think. And that's like, and yes. it's going to change. Because it's the wild, wild west. Yeah. What you guys are going to do versus what I'm going to do versus what Rob is going to do or Ozzy is going to do, right, is totally different. Yeah. Because it's, it's the wild, it's, like I said, it's the wild west. Like you can make it's a record, un, you could put a single uncharted. out, you could put an EP out, you can just, you could drop a song a month, you could drop a song, it's, it's like whatever it feels like is gonna work best. Yeah. It's like no one's gonna what, have again, to follow a pattern. And that goes back to the other prediction that brings, you, you're gonna want to have that direct connection to your fans and you're gonna want that, it's gonna be, yeah. I think it's gonna make it so much cooler for the fans because they're about, they don't even know it yet, but they're about to get these like one-on-one -on -one kind of feeling ideas coming at them and like right. really being a part of whatever community that they latch on to. You know? Totally. And I think it's gonna be a really cool thing. Yeah, and developing these types of things, right? Because yeah. what if Drinks With Johnny debuts in a, the new Avenged Sevenfold track? Yeah. Because you can, <laughs> Yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah. And, that's where, and that's where it's gonna be, you know? And, and if you're the kids, you gotta tune in if you yeah. wanna hear it before it comes uh, out. That, yeah, whatever. as you said, it's, it's, it's endless. So um, because you had like this, obviously, uh, forethinking mind and everything like that. You started uh, your own management company too, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and how long ago, how long have you been doing that now? The day I joined Ozzy's band. Okay. So the day I joined Ozzy's band was the best day and worst day of my life. It was the best day of my life because I joined Ozzy's band. It was the worst day of my life because I realized that my hired gun career had reached the brick wall. Yeah. It had gone, it had gone, there was nowhere left for me to go, right? Yeah. I was at the top of the mountain without clothes. Yeah. Like naked <laughs> at the top of the mountain and nowhere to go. And, and, um, and I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? Right? <laughs> like, it, it's like, eventually he's going to retire. Yeah. And then what am I going to do? Then I'm going to be some fucking old dude looking for a gig? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Again, forward thinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be that guy. And I was like, but I love music. I love metal. I love being, I love being in the midst of it. Yeah. Right? I love the creativity, right? I love the creation of, of it. Like, I love being in the studio. Yeah. Like, I love working with, with, with bands. Um, so I started it 
out of really out of necessity, but also out of passion. Mm -hmm. For I go, I want to, I want to keep rocking and rolling, yeah. but I'm probably not going to be this guy forever. Forever, yeah. You know, I don't feel like Brand I am. But maybe I can be the guy that helps other people do this, mm -hmm. and my experience can help build a legacy for future generations or some bullshit, yeah. you know, That's whatever. Cool. But um, so that was the idea behind it. So yeah, I've been doing that for a long time. Now. And then, uh, currently, you have uh, Black Veil Brides. Um, Black Veil Brides, who have toured with you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we became pretty friendly on that yeah. tour. <laughs> they yeah. were rad dudes, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was and that was that uh, first, or is that just the current one? Like, who was who was the first band? They they, they were one of the first, okay, um, for sure. And then um, and then so now it's kind of built over the course of time. You know, you got ebbs and flows in there, mm -hmm. or whatever. But I've been, you know, but we're coming up on the ten year anniversary for Black Veil Brides. Yeah. You know, their ten year anniversary. Which is monumental. That's huge. Um, and um, I met Zach Wild, so anything Zach Wild related to it's Zach. Here. It's going, is, going is, with you. Yeah. And then um, High on Fire, who won the medal Grammy yeah. last year. Yeah. Matt Pike, you know. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and then uh, the estate of uh, Dimebag Daryl. So, wow. Yeah. So that's my uh, heavy metal roster dude, at present. Not, has nothing to sneeze at. So, that's, pretty, yeah. that's pretty heavy, man. It's okay. So, I'm, yeah. I'm hang, dude, Keeps you busy. I'm Keeps hanging busy. in there, man. Like, <laughs> who, you know what I mean? It's like I talked to, you know, Brian Slagle, the guy that um, owns Metal Blade Records, you know, because he, he's part of the reason why I'm here, right? Yeah, he signed my first band. Quick, he fucking, he, he helped plant the seed to get me to where I am now. And, um, and we talk about this shit all the time. It's like, man. Every day that we wake up that heavy metal is paying the bills is a glorious day. That's a great Because it's like, when yeah. we were getting started, man, it was just a passion. Like, we would have done it, no, like, it wasn't even about money. No, of course. Him putting out Metal uh, Massacre 1, me doing know, Cryptic no, Slaughter, no, it wasn't about money. It was about just people. the passion for it. Absolutely. Now, Most, it's, you know, it's about making, well, you know, we making gotta, shit we gotta, happen. We gotta pay for our drinks and, yeah, and our couches and, right. and shit, you know. And bars. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for the chat. I just wanted to ask, uh, where else can the people at home find more Blasco? Uh, I'm pretty much uh, only on Instagram. Okay. So Blasco1313. Uh, occasionally, we'll pop into a Twitter and something else that's also Blasco1313. But um, Instagram, Instagram is, is active. Place. That's that's that's, that's very place active. To check you out. Yeah, yeah. And get get all the all the news and information, yeah. and everything Blasco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. So for more of this episode and this conversation. Go check out drinkswithjohnny.com. Find the podcast anywhere you podcast for the full conversation. And uh, thanks again for having us. And cheers. Yeah, thanks. Very good. That'll just about do it for this episode of Drinks with Johnny. Hope you enjoyed it. And please click the subscribe button. Leave us a review and a rating. Love to hear from you. Two more things. I will be taking a holiday break from the show. But do not worry. We will be back with much more Drinks with Johnny early February. I'll be going at it hard next year with more and more guests trying to bring you a new episode every single week. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Drinks with Johnny and on Twitter at DrinksWJohnny and let me know who you want to hear on the podcast. I'll do my best to get them. And support the show by heading over to DrinksWithJohnny.com. We got some new limited merch coming out including my signature Schecter bases that will now be able to be shipped directly to you. So be on the lookout for all that coming soon. Enjoy the holidays, drink responsibly, and as always, till next time. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are the Honest AF Show. 
Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian MacKay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.